right on cue. Hashtag NAF2022. Hello and welcome back. This is the 10th episode of Right on Q. My name is Naomi Gruen and today I am joined by my fellow Q reporter, Naledi Ndala. Hello, Sanbonani Dumelang. Keep in mind, this podcast brings you the best stories of the National Arts Festival. Not all stories, though. You can find reviews and articles on www.grocods.ru.ac.za. And you can listen to our live curator podcast at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5 p.m. on RMR 89.7 FM. Coming to you from Makanda, in this episode, Naledi and I will be talking about spirituality. And we hear from the students involved at VGQ about how they found the experience so far. Me and Naomi will also be talking a bit about what each of these things mean to us. Keep listening, and as always, do not miss your cue. NAF 2022, it will change you. 89.7. So, spirituality is shaped through cultural understanding, is that right? Yes, it involves the recognition of a feeling, or a sense, or a belief that one might have, that there is something greater than themselves, something far greater to being human, which connects different worlds, that is of the physical and the ancestral world involving their spirits. In an attempt to break the cultural stereotype of spirituality being limited amongst race groups, Jeff Tracy takes us through his spiritual journey. Good morning, I'm Jeffrey Tracy. I'm the son of Andrew and he is the son of Hugh who have all been involved with this place where we are. My grandfather started this place, an international library of African music in 1954 and my father carried on his job after my grandfather died and I'm carrying on in my way doing uh, the work of spreading the awareness of uh, the beautiful uh, indigenous knowledge systems and musics and cultures of Africa. What does the Festival of Circles entail? Festival of Circles is an idea to represent all the different circles of interaction that are involved with um, indigenous knowledge systems. So music and culture and spirituality, which is what we focused on in this festival and we're presenting examples from all of those circles. So we've got meditations, we've got uh, understandings about indigenous knowledge systems, talks, we've, we've had talks on um, the structure of African music and African tuning systems, uh, we've uh, got concerts and performances, and uh, so we try to be inclusive in those three realms, music, culture and spirituality are all represented. Please tell me more about your involvement within the festival circles through your Templestone and Medicine Wheel workshop. Okay, now this is an interesting um, question. My grandfather, um, I think it was in the 1950s, he found some stones that when he hit them, they, they rang like bells. And so he collected a whole lot of them until he had enough like a xylophone. And so I've taken those stones and I put them into a circle um, because um, in many traditions around the world you find this symbol of a circle with a cross through it and you find it in the Kalahari, you find it in Ireland, in, you find it in America and so I started asking myself a question, what is this circle with a cross through it and uh, what I've learned from um, various uh, of the 
peoples who are still connected to their traditions around the world that this is a a, a tool for working with energy, a tool for connecting to land, a tool for connecting to ancestors, a tool for healing ourselves and finding balance in ourselves, because that circle represents everything in the world. What is inside that circle represents everything that is outside that circle. So when you're using the circle as a tool, you create balance and harmony um, by doing various processes uh, with the singing, with the stones that ring, um, there's patterns that you play, there's um, parts that you can sing, there's awareness that you can come to by having an interactive process with the different meanings of the different directions of the wheel. And so I've created a, a system where people can, through understanding how other cultures have used the circles, find a way to find healing and balance for themselves. Yeah. Why do you believe people should come see this setting, should be part of this? Well, you know, uh, we live in a world that's got a very dominant media and a very dominant Western mindset. Um, and so that dominance in the history of our past, as everyone knows very well, has caused a lot of pain, it's caused a lot of oppression, it's caused a lot of silencing of not only individual voices, but voices of cultures vo uh, and the wisdom of different cultures. And I think we need to um, respect different cultures. We need to respect the knowledge systems that those cultures are bu built on. We can't uh, superimpose uh, um, an understanding from another culture onto another culture and think we've understood. We need to experience it for ourselves. We need to honor the difference between people because it's the difference that creates the tension that fuels life, a good tension. Um, if we're all the same, that is where things fall because we need diversity. You know, any farmer will tell you you need biodiversity. You need all the different plants that support each other, all the different ways of thinking, all the different knowledge systems are important. And so we're trying to demonstrate um, the beauty of some of the African knowledge systems that have not been recognized by many people from the West. That's why it's important. I see you are wearing a pie. You have Ispanda Uno, your beads, they have different colors. Mm -hmm. And what does this mean? Tell us more about that. You know that white people have got their own spirit tradition, but because of things like the Catholic Church um, burning women who were making tea with herbs like they were witches, our culture became scared of demonstrating that we have these skills, these prophecy skills, divination skills, relationship with plants, and ability to heal people with plants and to pray for people by putting on hands, laying on of hands. And um, all of these skills were really known in our culture, but we kind of lost them. So when I came to Africa, I got sick. Well, I, I, I'm talking on behalf of my ancestors. When my ancestors came to Africa, we, we uh, were reminded by um, the traditions in Africa that, that were never uh, destroyed by uh, colonialism. Okay, they had a, they've got a lot to answer for in terms of the effect that, that uh, it had on, on African people. Um, missionaries caused a lot of damage. I'm sorry to say, um, 
in their way trying to do what they thought was good also disconnected people from their cultures and even find a lot of um, African people um, looking back and saying that traditional culture is um, is demon stuff and it's old-fashioned we mustn't do that anymore but that's un very unfortunate because we've got to remember where we come from to know where we're going when I found my gogo in KwaZulu-Natal she helped to remind me how to connect to my own ancestors. So I didn't become a Zulu when I put Zulu beads on or Zulu pandlas. Um, I became more who I am with the help of, of the strength of her ancestors, very much in deep respect and in love with uh, the information that I've come to learn through my training process with Ugogo, uh, Umadlamini, Gaspal Kulu, and Istagazelu, Ukona, but Gaspal Kulu, Gamagatuzel, Gamgundulu, Ungenimpondu, Imponus Salinondui, Impangeli Kaligichi, Togos, 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 Ugogo, Lamino, Fundisilla Kulu, Ukloni, Pauktoba, Uvulinclizio, and to um, not uh, be sad when my own ideas uh, don't come right in the world because sometimes my ideas are not informed by uh, the right information. So when I went to them, I was so depressed because my life, I, I got a lot of pain, I got a lot of, of, of sickness, I got sick. And that is understood to be what happens when you have a calling. So I thought my life was ending and then they showed me that with an open heart, and with your feet on the ground, that in fact there's a lot more that I've got to offer that I didn't, I wasn't thinking about. And they also showed me that my ancestors wanted me to do this job of um, teaching people about indigenous knowledge systems in a way that continues what my grandfather and father did, but not in the same way exactly. Because I do think they were called by the spirits to do this work because it's so important in Plabin. But um, I was the first one in our family who was able to answer that calling. And so now in um, Genil, I've got my own twasas. My twasas have got twasas. And Sisebenz Gentlonipo, Gesintu, and Sishanganisa, Isintlela, Avele Peshea, Futi. Some of, to help remind. Uh, you know, I work with all colors of people, but when I'm working with white people especially, it's to help reconnect them to themselves. Why do you find a white man living in a teepee playing a didgeridoo from Australia? The teepee is from Native Americans, and he's got condor feathers from South America. Why are white people so lost with their spirituality? It's because we're lost. We need to find our root, and now I'm so pleased I found my root um, through the support and assistance of... Um, um, she helped remind me where I come from, what I should be proud of, and how to, uh, how to be free. Yes. With people, how do people respond to that? I mean, mm. this is quite rare. Mm. And with the history we have between black and people, mm. I'm sure, I'm not sure, but probably most white people would feel you are a lost child, your lost ship. Oh. So how do you respond to that? Well, responses from black people and white people differ. Um, I've got always from my family a lot of support for doing this work. And in fact, I enjoy to surprise people because it gives me an opportunity to crack the cliche, to crack that stereotype. 
especially because like they ask me can I do divination can I dance and then I say where's the drum you know like to, to, to just show like yes I'm very familiar and I'm, I'm very in love and I'm deeply respectful and when people see that normally the response is of great surprise and joy um, from African people I have also got some haters you know the ones who say that I'm a colonialist stealing the, the culture and I'm going to uh, curse their ancestors and all that kind of thing but it's just the, you can understand where it comes from because, I mean, the suffering that has been endured at the hands of colonialists is, is, uh, is there's no words for, for that. So I've got, you know, and I'm a privileged white man. I've been so lucky, but I still take my shoes off and I walk barefoot and I'm still kneeling to my gogo, who's a black mama, and um, I'm doing my job now to use that privilege to educate and to um, to to protect um, these um, wisdom that wisdoms that Africa has got yeah um, thank you sir for so much for your time but before we end our session um, would you like would you mind playing us a few drums um, that won't rather evoke or wake your ancestors ah, okay. up but <laughs> just a, a taste for yeah, sure, the, all, our people to hear and something i'd also like to do if i may is uh, just a little bit of promotion um with the festival of circles you'll find on facebook you know, under that title under instagram you'll see our full program there on saturday night we've got the culmination concert at my father's house um my parents house um 19 fitzroy street and it's a combination of music from Mozambique, from Uganda, and uh, some beautiful guitar playing and some beautiful drumming. Um, it's a soiree, an intimate setting with a fireplace. You're welcome into our home like family to come and share with us this music on Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Um, and if you look at the program, you'll see that there's still some other very interesting offerings uh, in addition to that. Tonight we've got a lovely jam at the, the tunnels um, and a sound journey, if you like, meditation. And every day we're offering yoga and massage and steaming treatments. And you're going to see the many things there that we've got to offer. So let me see what can we play for you. Uh, <laughs> Pande sabangom, si abigalalim, pande sabangoma. Pande sabangom, si abigalalim, pande sabangoma, si abigalalim. We'll just have to invite him for more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, if you noticed, um, the title of today's episode is We're All Still Learning. And I think that for me was also the biggest takeaway from your interview with Jeff Tracy is that 
we are all on this journey and we're all learning and we're constantly trying to do better. But in that interview, that was learning in a way that we don't usually think about learning. That was spiritual learning and growth and learning from the past to do better in the present. But of course, there is another type of learning that we're all more familiar with. Yes, skills. A group of six learners from Victoria Girls High have joined the Q writing team this year. They've been involved in a pilot project covering the nerve and learning about what it means to be a journalist. Yeah, so Naledi, from what I understand, you had an opportunity to speak to a few of the VG girls. The interview actually went well because one thing I've, I've found and noticed from those girls is they're very ambitious. I mean, they range from grade 9 up until grade Tough, but there's only one matriculant throughout mm. the, the project. But those kids are very powerful. They're very ambitious. They are unapologetic. It's really impressive that they've come together to take this on. My name is Swongile Bodomani, and I'm part of the VGQ team this year. My name is Tibetani Simani, and I'm also part of the VGQ. VGQ, as far as I've experienced, is... I mean, as we sort of, as we found out early on in this, I guess, this journey that we took was that it, we are the pioneer team. It's sort of like an experiment. It's sort of seeing how high school students sort of function in the world of journalism. And I think we've, we've been quite good at it and we've done quite well so far. And, and as we continue until the end of this week, until the end of FIST, I think it'll be really great for other people and other students from like acro from across the country, I guess specifically in town, to see what we've done and be inspired about going into journalism and specifically arts journalism because that's what Q is about. So I think that's what VGQ is about. My experience in the VGQ has been eye-opening because all I've ever been exposed to was news journalism and investigative journalism. I never knew about art journalism till this festival. I think the experience has been very insightful. It's been very eye-opening into the world of journalism and the different sort of mediums you can go into and how it's not just sort of hardcore journalism and it's really piqued my interest. Even though it was um, nerve-wracking, it was like interviewing people and getting their perspective of the festival after the COVID-19 pandemic. For me, it was actually writing reviews because I get to insert my own opinions in there and write a bit more creatively than, one, than I normally would in other, in other article pieces. I think for me it was that journalism wasn't really an interest of mine until this year. And so when I guess my principal told me about it and how it would be a great opportunity and a great learning experience, I decided that I should check it out. So you guys, would you dive into journalism and major studies? Yes, yes, I think now that I've experienced, I mean, just a little bit of it, I'm actually very much interested in it, and I would consider it as a career option. Same, yes. <laughs> sort of, I think digital is the future, so 
I think digital media will be what we would have to go into because I guess paper is not being used as much and so yes I do think so. We, we all know that journalism, especially getting work from the field, isn't easy. How did you guys handle rejections, if you had any? I had no rejections. <laughs> no rejections. Away, away. <clears throat> what I would like um, high school students to take away is that Please explore all the fields of work that you'd want to go into before you get to university level so that in that way you could get to like sort of experience each and every field of work that you want to go into so that you can now choose clearly whether do you want to do chemical engineering, journalism or just being a doctor. Right on cue, hashtag NAF2022. So these girls, they also have something to say. I mean, they they actually want other students to be involved within this project. I think more than anything, it was an eye-opener for them. That's really great. And then hopefully in the future, um, maybe the project will expand and maybe it'll go beyond VGQ. And I also feel like it should continue. We should accommodate your location schools. I mean, like those girls from the schools or boys even, they can also get uh, this opportunity to, to make the right choices whether they really want to be in the field of journalism. It shouldn't be ju just journalism on its own, but other career options as well. For sure, for sure. And that brings us to the end of our 10th episode. If you want to, you can read up on what the VGQ girls have been doing at www.growcarts.ru.ac.za. Thank you, Naledi, for hosting with me. Thank you, Naomi. And my good people, do not forget to take us on the social media at q.online on Instagram, at first on Twitter, and at qfirst on Facebook. Join us again next time where we'll bring you our top stories, best interview, and some insights into what's happening in Makanda. Also, don't forget to tune in to our live curator podcast at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5 p.m. on RMR. 89.7 FM. Until next time, thank you for listening. Cheers. Right on cue. Hashtag NAF 2022.